You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. James Booknight, Kai Jones, and the rest of the young guys are getting run in Charlotte. We're going to look back on what was the last week in Greensboro. I mean, Charlotte Hornets basketball. And then we've got to also talk about this new CBA deal and what it means for the Charlotte Hornets particularly. Because, you know, there's a lot of information coming out about this new deal. But what does it specifically mean for the Charlotte Hornets? We're going to get into that on this episode. But first, James Booknight, back-to-back 20-point games, first time in his career. James Booknight comes out. He goes 11 of 18 from three in these back-to-back games against the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. Now, Got to be careful when we talk about James Booknight because there was so much excitement when the Charlotte Hornets drafted him, and then that is all but gone, right? Or at least it was uh, up until the last week. You know, you have guys who cover the Hornets, who create content surrounding the Hornets. We had Sam Dracula on an episode of Hive Hoops here, and he's saying things like, James Booknight isn't an NBA player. And so, like, it had gotten to that level, right? And so, the the excitement surrounding James Booknight has been all but exhausted, right? It's gone. But then now, James Booknight's starting to get some minutes down the stretch of the season. Not looking bad in those minutes that he's receiving. Because you can even go back to the Dallas Mavericks game just – what, last weekend when he had those two back-to-back possessions offensively? He hits the three, and he comes down, and he finishes that tough you know, layup in the lane. And so you're seeing these spurts. You're seeing these small moments of, wow, this cat really can be good, but you have to temper all of it because there's been so much bad book night that the good book night, now that you're seeing it, people want to be excited again. But you have to kind of temper that excitement because you don't know. Like, I mean, the Charlotte Hornets are a shell of themselves. I mean, it's the Greensboro Swarm out here, basically, right? And, I mean, the results look like the Greensboro Swarm. Greensboro Swarm have not played well in, you know, these past few seasons with James Booknight playing on the team, with Kai Jones being on the team, with Teo Maladon being on the team, with Bryce McGowan's playing on the team, like the Greensboro Swarm have not been very good. And so now it's we basically had like a like a, you know, European soccer where you have relegation and promotion and all of the things. Essentially what has taken place because of so many injuries that the Charlotte Hornets have sustained. I mean, P.J. Washington goes off for 43 points in that win against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then he follows it up the next game. Everybody was worried because you get hot and cold P.J. You get roller coaster P.J. 
and he actually came out playing really well, but then he goes down with an injury. And, I mean, it's the end of the season. I don't think it's anything serious. There's been no indication that this is serious whatsoever. And so, yeah, hold P.J. out the rest of the season. There's no reason to play him in these final, what, three games? Don't do it. All right? But it was just, yet again, like P.J. was playing some of the – I mean, not some. He was playing his best basketball of the season. And yet another injury. Like, it's just – it's been so crazy. It's been such a crazy season in Charlotte. And then Mark Williams tweaks his ankle yesterday against the Toronto Raptors. He comes down, and it's just around every bend, the Charlotte Hornets are sustaining more injuries, which has led to Greensboro Swarm coming up. I mean, we have Xavier Sneed receiving double-digit minutes in NBA games. All right? And so... Getting back to the Greensboro Swarm, they haven't been good. And you don't want to see that whenever you have multiple first-round picks playing in Greensboro, right? You want to see that team playing well, performing well. We haven't talked a lot about Greensboro this this season on this podcast, but you're seeing it now. All of those players that were there are now in Charlotte playing on the big stage, and so that's what you know brings this up. But Greensboro hasn't played well with multiple first-round players. And so you saw more of that in the past two meetings. So even though James Booknight had some good minutes, I don't want to dump on James Booknight. I don't want to say that, you know, he's done and all of the things. He's It's still early on in his career. He has ample amount of time to figure out you know, how to be an NBA player, all of those things, right? But we also, although these performances have been encouraging, he's shooting the ball extremely well. And and that's that's where he's getting most of his production, right? All right, he scored 43 points in the last two games, and 33 of them have been from three. Like, he's not really getting into the lane creating. He's really not doing anything in the mid-range, you know. So that's really not been a, you know, a a specific detailed part of his game that he's producing it. It's more so his shots falling, which is great. We need shooters. I mean, shooting has plagued this team all season long, which was kind of an outlier because the past two seasons they've been, you know, a pretty good – shooting team from from three and though and so to see that dive take place this season was you know it was different but this team needs shooting you don't want to feel like you wasted your 11th overall pick in the NBA draft just from two seasons prior or two drafts prior and so while it is encouraging it's still the Greensboro Swarm essentially out there. And so he's not playing with the guys who are core tenants of this team and this roster, like LaMelo Ball, like P.J. Washington. He did, he did get some run with Mark Williams, so that's good, but he that's really not a part of his game at this point. It's playmaking and, you know, dishing 
and setting up teammates, whether that be at the rim or, you know, creating, you know, attention out on the perimeter in order to swing the basketball and find open guys for open shots. That's not really part of his game. And so while, you know, he had he did have some good performances, you know, with the product that the Charlotte Hornets are throwing out there, you hope to see him take more shots and more opportunities, right? And he did. But he wasn't playing with the LaMelo Balls and the Terry Rogiers and the P.J. Washingtons. He's been playing with the same guys he's been playing all year with in Greensboro. And so another thing in these games, uh, I mean, he was a he had the worst plus minus on the team. Once again, I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to take away. This is extremely encouraging. But at the same time, I, I I want people to stay measured in their assessment of James Booknight. Like, yeah, it's good to see his shot falling, but at the end of the day, you know, there are some concerns out there as well. I mean, he had the worst plus minus yesterday against the Toronto Raptors on the team. Right. And so in saying that, well, he was tied with fellow 2021 drafty Kai Jones with a minus 18 on the day. And so obviously, you know, plus minus can be a weird tool to use, especially when you're playing with Xavier Sneed and Teo Maladon and Svi Mikhailuk and players like this, who Svi was hitting and he was playing really well yesterday. Um, but these, you know, still at the end of the day, you know, great performance, but we need to stay measured on James Booknight. I, I, more opportunities, more run. That's what he needs. It's crucial to, you know, his development and building some confidence, especially headed into the offseason where hopefully he has a healthy offseason where he can really, you know, work on his game, get in the gym and continue improving. Another Hornets player that everybody's been calling for all year long is Kai Jones. And so we've talked about the JT Thors and the Bryce McGowanses and the Mark Williams on this podcast plenty, right? I believe JT Thor is the best player drafted by the Charlotte Hornets in the 2021 draft. And, you know, it's not saying a lot, but at this point, there's no other rationale you can really come to. And so, you know, delving into James Booknight a little bit, now moving on to Kai Jones. I'm going to paraphrase. Steve Clifford said, look, he's most effective when he's at the five. And so we're looking to get him, uh, you know, those minutes at the five, at the center position. And so we can see. All right. Just, I mean, I believe that most of the fan base thinks that Kai Jones is a center and that is his best position. Okay. But in order for Kai Jones to help the Charlotte Hornets the most, it would be beneficial to the Charlotte Hornets if Kai Jones could be become that backup four. All right. The backup power forward. And so the in Greensboro during summer league, even with the Hornets. There's been some experimenting with Kai Jones at the four, 
but it's just clear at this point. And, you know, Steve Clifford knows it. The staff knows it. Everybody knows it, that Kai Jones is most effective at the center position. But for the first time in a really long time here in Charlotte, the center position seems to have a log jam. And we seem to have multiple guys who have talent and can produce at that position. And so all of a sudden, Kai is the odd man out. Because if we really look at it, Mark Williams, number one. Nick Richards is your backup at this point. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets just extended him. Three-year, $15 million deal. And honestly, if push comes to shove, P.J. Washington is your third-string center, right? If Mark Williams got into foul trouble, if Nick Richards got into foul trouble and you needed another guy to step up and it, it take over, some center minutes when you're in a pinch, the Hornets are going to go small ball and P.J. Washington is going to be your center, right? And so Kai Jones has really been pushed down to fourth string, all right, your fourth option at center. And so it's a good problem to have, right? Like we have been crying out for this front office, to secure the center position for years. And we finally seem to have a center rotation in place. But what it means, the bad thing, is that it doesn't mean good things for Kai Jones and our, what, 19th overall pick in 2021? It doesn't mean good things for him. And the stats bear this out, right? And so... When P.J. went down in the Chicago game, Kai got slotted into playing power forward, right? And so Kai played 18 minutes at the four in that Chicago game, three points, two rebounds in 18 minutes as the power forward. I mean, this isn't just an eye test. This is also the numbers back this up, right? Versus the Thunder, all right? We go back to P.J.'s 43-point, uh, you know, performance. Kai Jones played center that night. 12 points, 14 rebounds versus OKC. Now, OKC is one of the weaker teams at the center position in the NBA, but still it's promising to see Kai Jones go for 12 and 14, you know, against any team. And so that was encouraging. And then against Toronto yesterday, Kai plays more center. 10 points, five rebounds, three blocks. And so the numbers back it up. I mean, we can just see in this small sample size in the past week, Kai Jones playing at the four, Kai Jones playing at the five. He produces much more when playing center than he does at power forward. That's the kind of player he is. And sometimes he gets lost and, you know, we're asking ourselves, man, he's got to stop thinking he's a guard. He's got to stop thinking he's a wing. He just needs to set screens, dive, be that energy uh, guy, chasing down rebounds, diving on the floor, blocking shots, all of those things. 
But the numbers bear out that this guy is a center. The coaching staff knows it. They've spoken about it. The fan base seems to know it. Kai Jones is a center, but for the first time in a long time, the Hornets have a log jam at the center rotation, meaning that Kai Jones is the odd man out. And so once again, encouraging play from Kai at the center position. But just like James Booknight, you know, minus 18 yesterday against Toronto, worst plus minus on the team tied with James Booknight. Uh, just t- but once again, caveat that with, it's basically the Greensboro Swarm out there. The Greensboro Swarm lost by 20 a lot this season <laughs> in the G League. And then now that they're up in the NBA, hey, at least they're being consistent, right? Now they're playing better competition and they're still just losing by 20 to the Chicago Bulls and to uh, the Toronto Raptors. But it is encouraging to see these guys on the floor uh, getting real NBA minutes against teams who are fighting for playoff position. So the Charlotte Hornets had a lot of success last week over Western Conference teams who were fighting for play-in positioning. Not so much on the Eastern Conference side, right? Maybe Maybe that's our problem. We've been playing in the wrong conference this whole time. I tweeted out from Hornets' lead account uh, last week. Put the Charlotte Hornets uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. We got this, right? Um, but not 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 so much in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's our downfall, right? We're just in the wrong conference. But uh, encouraging nonetheless, but we need to stay measured on this. Uh, I'm not <laughs> – I had some, some fans – you know, messaging and tweeting yesterday saying, hey, do you think that, you know, a possible, you know, with these James Booknight minutes that Terry Rozier could, you know, be moved this offseason and then Booknight slides into that starting position? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Now, Terry Rozier being moved could be a possibility, and I think at this point it's time to get return on Terry Rozier but sliding James Booknight into the starting rotation? No. No. He has a long way to go before he is a starting caliber player in this league. The shooting is um, encouraging. But that's really it, right? And so being able to sustain that over the course of a season, that would be the biggest thing. And he hasn't shown that he can do that. He hasn't been given the opportunities. I'll give you that. But there's a reason why he hasn't been given those opportunities, right? And so let's just continue to um, see how he plays down the stretch. There's only three games left. See how that goes. Hopefully he has a good offseason. Hopefully he has a good summer summer league. He should be in Vegas. I don't see why he wouldn't be. And so hopefully he has a good summer league and we can build some momentum with James Booknight heading into the 2023-2024 season. Speaking of... The 2023-2024 season. The, there is a new CBA deal in the NBA. And so I want to talk about what that means for the Charlotte Hornets. Because there's a lot of information coming out. You got guys can now invest in NBA and WNBA teams. They can invest uh, or they can uh, market for uh, betting companies and cannabis companies. 
no more drug testing as far as marijuana goes. Um, different things, right? There's a lot of things coming out. But what it means specifically for the Charlotte Hornets, that's what I want to get into. And so, number one, draft and retaining your draftees just became nearly essential. And so what the league did is they're trying to even out those mid to lower tier teams or mid to lower market, smaller market teams, right? They're trying to level out that playing field. And so, and they're going to make it more difficult on these teams who are in the tax to go out and add more players at the trade deadline. And being able to add more players and go even deeper into the tax. And so a lot of your upper echelon teams, Golden State Warriors, are going to be paying quite the tax. Milwaukee Bucks, teams like that, right? It's going to be harder for them to acquire players at the trade deadline or it, not even at the trade deadline, just via trades in the offseason, uh, you know, well before the trade deadline, whatever in order to acquire more cap and to sp- and to spend more and more and more there's going there are going to be some restrictions on that to where with the Charlotte Hornets now what they're prioritizing is if you draft well and then you want to retain those guys that you have drafted then the league is making it to where there are some uh you know caveats into the league structure to where teams won't be penalized for drafting well because what's happened and Golden State is an is an example of this Golden State has drafted extremely well they drafted Steph Curry they drafted Klay Thompson they drafted Draymond Green they drafted Jordan Poole okay they've drafted all of these guys and then now What's happening is all of these guys are coming up for extensions and and to get paid and all of these things, but now the Warriors are having to pick between some of these guys when all they did was draft guys, play them through their rookie deals, and then give them a contract extension. Some of them earned another contract extension along the way. What the new deal is going to do is it's going to make it easier to where teams don't have to decide between signing player A and and player B that they drafted. And so it's going to reward teams who have drafted well and being able to retain those players and still fair market share salaries going to these players as well. So for teams like the Charlotte Hornets, it is vital. And, you know, maybe, you know, Mitch Kupchak said this earlier on in the year that, um, and a lot of people got upset that the Charlotte Hornets being a smaller market team, I hate that term, I don't like it, but with the Charlotte Hornets being a smaller market team, that the draft is essential and development of players is essential and that these big ticket items and free agency just, that's not how this team can really build and maybe he was looking towards this new CBA deal that just was passed, knowing what a lot of the things included in it would be or what were on the table at the time and what he thought, 
you know? And so in knowing some of these things, that's the biggest thing. You're going to have to – the Charlotte Hornets are going to have to draft well. And I know that PSD for Hornets fans all across the city of Charlotte, all across the United States, wherever you may be, all across the globe. I know we got some international listeners as well. The Charlotte Hornets and drafting well has not been in the same sentence. That's why the Charlotte Hornets have largely been so bad for such a long period of time because they haven't drafted well enough. But now, with this new deal, this is what is going to set teams apart. If teams can draft well, the league just made it easier for them to retain. They're not going to have to pick between player A, B, and C. All right, they can they can resign player A, B, and C, and continue to build through that way. Now, free agency will still play a role in all of the things, right? But the biggest and easiest way to build your roster will be through the draft, player development, and then retaining those players on second contracts. In season tournament, I love it. I know a lot of people are against the in-season tournament. I love it. What it just did is it made meaningful basketball in the early months when everybody, you know, you kind of get into that mid-season drag. The games are going to count towards the playoffs, the same as they do right now, okay? And so a lot of people don't understand this. They think that it's extra. It's not extra. And so this in-season tournament is going to matter towards the playoffs. The record, the same. If you win in the play-in tournament, or not the play-in tournament, but the in-season tournament, then that is a win towards your record for the entire season. And so all it is, it's putting a heightened significance on regular season games for a certain stretch of the season, which is good, right? Because what happens oftentimes is there's that midseason lag. Some teams take some games off. You're in the grind. You know, it's not the beginning of the season anymore. And you get into the end season to, uh, or you get into those midseason games. And, you know, you t- might take a night off. You might take two off. The You know, the really good teams don't, right? They might drop a game here or there, but they, they're not taking games off. And so what this does is – you're setting yourself up for more meaningful games in the middle of the season that count towards the postseason as well. And so we see in-season tournaments happen all across the globe in other sports, okay? European basketball does this. Of course, soccer at all levels on all continents do in-season tournaments. Currently in the United States, the U.S. Open Cup is is currently taking place for soccer, where lower division teams can fight their way through a tournament bracket style and work their way all the way up to, you know, a possible, you know, championship appearance. We saw this last season. I'm not trying to get too much into, you know, the construction of U.S. soccer, you know, all through the divisions and things, but we had a second division team make it to where they played an MLS team in the championship last year in the U.S. Uh, Open. And so, and that was happening all in the midst of all of these divisions, MLS, USL, all of them playing. The same thing's going to happen right here in the NBA, okay? 
You're going to have an in-season tournament. It's going to be separate, but it's going to be included in the overall season at the same time. And so there's going to be an additional significance placed on these games. There's going to be cash prizes for your winners. And for a team like the Charlotte Hornets, who have never won anything, never won a seven-game series, haven't been to now have the longest, you know, stretch without a playoff appearance in the entire NBA, have never outright won a division, even a single division. Now the Charlotte Hornets are going to be able to be a part of this in-season tournament. This could be something. Now, a lot of people probably listen to this and they're like, man, the Charlotte Hornets ain't going to win this. Like, what you talking about? And maybe not. But this is something additional, all right, that the Hornets, if, they, if they're if they on a hot streak, like they were when they just won five games right before LaMelo Ball got hurt. We're playing some of the best basketball across the league, defensively, offensively. And if the Hornets get hot and they're playing well during those moments, all of a sudden, you look up, the Charlotte Hornets could be – they could be contenders in this thing. And for a team, for a city that has won next to nothing at the NBA level, we should all be excited about this additional opportunity, more meaningful games in the middle of the season to where, hey, these hold weight. We don't need to be dropping games, you know, mid-November, mid-December. We don't need to be doing that. Or whenever, I, I, I'm not sure when the in-season tournament's going to be held, but I think th- this is just a great opportunity for this team. More meaningful games, more meaningful play, additional opportunities to win something. Because, I mean, if we're all honest, do we see the Charlotte Hornets winning an NBA title here soon? I mean, I hope that's the goal, and I hope that this team continues to progress, but I mean, Damn, we got to make the playoffs first, right? That's our first goal is make a seven-game series. Then our second goal would be just to win one series. And I think this this city would be ecstatic. And so NBA Finals, like like being the NBA champions, that might be far off. But then winning an in-season tournament, that could mean something. That'd be something new. That'd be something big for this city, right? And so I love it. I love it. I th- And I think everybody's going to catch on. The play-in uh, tournament wasn't really beloved when it first happened, but now you have a one-game matchup between 9 and 10. Winner moves on. Loser goes home. It's great basketball. We've Well, other than the Charlotte Hornets be- being in those 9-10 games. Holy moly. Uh, but, but the other ones – have been great games, right? The other playing games have uh, been pretty good. And so I think this is going to catch on. I really do. I think the in-season tournament is going to catch on. We want more meaningful basketball. I think the players are going to catch on once they hear, hey, this means more money for you guys. TV deal. All right, more attention. All right. New deal coming up in 2025. You know, TV deal, media deal, all of those things. This means more money for you guys. Play. And I think they will. I think they will. Um, 
and I, I, I really don't see any downfall to this. I, I think that this is going to catch on, and this is going to be a staple moving forward. I would love to see other teams incorporated. I'd love to see, um, you know, like the best teams from Europe to be incorporated in this. Um, you know, the your your best teams in Spain, in France, uh, your best teams, you know, in you know, Australia, Lithuania, um, Mexico. All right, maybe see the Capitanes come up. I would love to see an incorporation where you have some international teams come over and play in these tournament games as well. And um, I don't know how that would quite work with the NBA season and things, so I think that would have to be tweaked and worked on still. But um, with the games counting for the NBA season, that would be difficult. But hopefully at some point, once this you know gains some traction, I think that this I think this is going to take off and I think it's going to be something that fans enjoy watching. It's going to break up the season. It's going to add additional uh meaning to some of these regular season games. You know, 82 season 82 game season is long. It can be a drag and sometimes it's hard to feel, you know, too amped about a loss in mid November, mid December, early January. But, you know, you add this in and all of a sudden there's a little added, you know, motivation behind it. Um, Also for the Hornets, this will be the last one. They are adding a third two-way deal. So for the Charlotte Hornets, (laughs) who have all of these second-round picks, right? I think that that Mitch is going to consolidate on those. I don't think he's going to pick, you know, I don't think he's going to draft what three second rounders this this 2023 draft I don't think that's going to happen I think he's going to uh consolidate but for a team who has been hitting on their second round picks like the Charlotte Hornets have of late this third two-way deal does have significance for the Charlotte Hornets watch out for that thanks for listening to another episode of Hive Hoops I am your host Joshua Balta be sure to subscribe review all of the things, you know what to do. Thanks for listening once again. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The lead. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.